0: Good morning, Cypress Bible. Welcome to worship. Would you stand together with us? Let's sing out.
1: I'll fight, I'll fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. There's nothing impossible for you When all I see are the ashes
0: Before us, nothing can stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadows, you win every battle. Yes, Lord, nothing can stand against the
1: power of our God. Almighty fortress, you go before us, nothing. Instead against the power of our God, you shine in the shadow.
2: Nathan, I'm the Senior Adults Director here at Cypress, and we are so glad that each one of you are with us for worship this morning. Uh, we also want to say good morning and welcome to those of you joining us online. Uh, we can't see you, but we do know that you're with us and we're glad about that. And if you are a first-time visitor here at CBC, this is your first time with us, whether that's here in person or online, uh, we would just wanna take a moment and extend a special welcome to you. We're so glad you're with us. We pray that you are blessed by your time with us this morning. Two things we'd like you to know. Number one, wherever you are in your spiritual journey, you are welcome here at Cypress Bible Church. And uh, we encourage you to come back and we pray that you'll um, uh, be with us again. And again, that you'll be blessed by this morning. And then secondly, uh, we want you to know that our focus here, here at Cyprus, we describe it with four different words, four simple words. And that those words are gather, grow, go, and serve. Gather, grow, go, and serve. Four different ways we use to, uh, to describe our focus here. Uh, and... Gather simply speaks to what we're doing this morning. We feel it's really important to gather together with other believers for worship. So that's what we're doing this morning. Grow speaks to growing relationally and spiritually with other believers gathered around God's word. Simply put, we believe that that it's almost impossible to grow spiritually unless we're connected relationally. So where do you do that? Well, we call it a grow group. And so uh, we emphasize grow groups here at Cypress and every single person being a part of one of those. And then Go, Go speaks to what God has called us to do, sharing the good news about Jesus, Jesus, both in our local community, but across the ocean as well. And so we take that very seriously, and Go speaks to that. And finally, Serve kind of encompasses all three of those, uh, uh, of those things, uh, because we feel God has given us gifts and talents, and we're called to serve others with those gifts, and we look forward to doing that uh, in all those areas. So if you're ready to take the next step and learn more about any one of those four areas, we invite you to stop by the appropriate desk in the commons area. There's one in each corner for each of those four areas. Another way you can connect with us as well is via the little QR code that's on the back of your pew. It looks like this, and it may not be directly in front of you. It might be to your left on that that pew or to your right, which means you may have to crawl over a few people with your phone. Uh, But this is church. I'm sure they won't mind that at all. Uh, But if you scan that with your phone, it'll take you to a little page where you can give us your contact information. If you have a prayer request you want to share with us, or if you want a pastor to call you and pray with you about something, uh, that's an easy way to do that. Just scan that with your phone, uh, and you can uh, find out uh, answers to your questions or anything you'd like to let us know, uh, you can do that. So a couple of announcements this morning, uh, starting with Together We Pray. Uh, this starts this Wednesday. We did this last fall, and we are doing it again. Uh, Together We Pray starts this Wednesday. And um, what this is, real simply, is um, every day, for seven days at 8.30 a.m. and 8.30 p.m., we are going to pray as a one body of believers, all of us together. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you can kind of stop at 8.30 a.m. and 8.30 p.m. and pray. And you can do that knowing that you're not praying just by yourself. But the entire church is praying with you at that time. So that's the idea. Uh, you can do that individually by setting an alarm on your phone. You can also join one of two Zoom calls that we'll have every day. It'll be a, like a Zoom prayer meeting. There'll be one at 8.30, one at 8 um, 30 a.m., 1.30, 8.30. 30 p.m., and you can uh, participate with other believers and pray online with us. There'll be some other ways to participate as well, uh, but we want to let you know that's starting this Wednesday. There will be a church-wide email that will go out tomorrow with all the details on that, including links to those two Zoom prayer meetings, so be looking in your email inbox for that. Uh, By the way, if you do not currently receive emails from the church, we send out updates like this quite regularly. There's also a a, a bulletin that comes out every Tuesday with a lot of important announcements if you don't get that and you'd like to add your email address to the list, you can just stop by the welcome desk today, give us your email address, or you can use that QR code that I mentioned a moment ago uh, to give us your email address, and we'll be sure that you get those emails. So, Together We Pray starts this Wednesday at seven days, and that culminates in what we call Together We Celebrate, which will be on Wednesday, March the 30th, right here in this room at 7 p.m. it would be a special time of prayer and worship together, Josh and his team will be leading us. Thank you, Josh, for that. Um, If you're not able to be with us in person that night, we'll also be live streaming that service so you can participate with us online. So we encourage you to put that on your calendars Wednesday, March 3rd for Together We Celebrate. And then if you are interested in becoming a member of Cypress Bible Church, one more date to put on your calendar. That is Sunday April the 3rd, Sunday, April 3rd, that's two weeks from today at 11 o'clock will be our next new members class. Um, this, will, If you go to this class, we'll, teach, we'll show you what it takes to become a, a member, it's real simple. Uh, there's no commitment to show up in the class, if you just want more information, you can do that, uh, but that's two weeks from today at 11 o'clock, and to sign up for that, you can also visit the welcome desk or just call the church office during the week. So those things said, uh, we're excited that Jeremy Little is back with us this morning he'll be preaching again and continuing his message series on lessons from the Last Supper. He'll be talking about uh, John chapter thirteen this morning, and so with that uh, uh, coming forward, let, let's actually prepare our hearts uh, with uh, prayer. And as our worship service continues, Heavenly Father, we just stop for a moment and we come before you with praise and thanksgiving, and we acknowledge that you are God. You are who you say that you are and you will do everything that you have promised to do. And we are who you say that we are, not necessarily who we think we are or feel that we are from day to day, but rather who you say that we are. And we pray that you would help us live into that identity, the identity revealed in scripture of who you say that we are. Lord, prepare our hearts and our minds this morning to respond appropriately to your word. May we not dishonor you by leaving here today unchanged people, but rather may you help us to become changed people, to think differently, to love more like Jesus loved. So help us with that. We acknowledge our need for your help. And we pray all these things in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen.
0: Amen. Thanks, Pastor Nathan. Church, so glad that you have decided to come and worship together today. It's such a good day to be together with a body of believers and singing his praise, hearing from his word. And I just wanna encourage you even next week and as you're entering into this season of prayer, I heard a really wise person say one time, nothing of spiritual significance happens without prayer. And prayer is such an important part of our lives and it's something that we have access to 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And so when we emphasize this together as a church body and come and pray and unite our prayers as one, it's just amazing to see what the Lord can do as he speaks to our hearts, as he reminds us of who he is and what he's doing and the activity that is going on around us because there's activity going around us all the time. Spiritual things are happening. And when we begin to really focus in on prayer, our senses become more aware to what God is doing around us. And so I just wanna invite you to participate in that and also to join us next, uh, the following Wednesday, the March the 30th, to really just have an incredible time of celebrating what the Lord is doing. Now, all of us had a spring break this week, but I also understand that there are some people whose spring break is just like any other week because you maybe don't have kids and you just went to work and you did what you do and that's totally okay. But in our family, we like to do a little bit of some fun, just relaxing things. And I'm a huge superhero movie fan. Now, I don't know if you are, and that's okay. Everybody has their preferences. Like my wife is not one, and that's that's okay. She has her places, you know. Uh, Enjoy those romantic comedies. I enjoy getting in on those sometimes as well. But I love to watch these with my boys, and I always tell them something as the movie's going on. Number one, I've seen so many of them, so I know what happens. But the good guy always wins. And even at the end of the movie, if like, in this specific area, he didn't win. The next movie, he ends up coming back and winning anyway. The good guy always wins. And I love to remind them of that, you know, especially like Superman. Okay, just confessions here. Superman is my all-time favorite superhero. I'm sure I might get some emails about that. You might be going, well, it's Batman. And then what I would tell you is Batman is actually not a superhero. He has no powers, he just has money. So, but anyway, I'm sure i will hear about that as well. But. What I love, it's to remind my my kiddos, is that the good guy always wins. And now as a dad, and as somebody who's had a little bit more life experience than them, I've seen a lot of these movies before, some of them they haven't seen before. And I can see there are moments inside the movie where they start to doubt. Oh man, I hope he doesn't die. Oh, I hope they don't kill him, you know? And I start to think, well, I've seen this before, I know what happens. And isn't that kind of how it is in our spiritual walk sometimes as we're, our journey, We can kind of think since we haven't seen the end of our journey, oh, we're kind of losing here or this is not really making sense or what if we do get defeated? And we've got a heavenly father that's up here going, I know the end of the story, I wrote the end of the story. My son has already won and he has the victory. He has the ability to take you through this because he knows the end result. And I don't know about you, but I wanna put my faith in somebody that already knows what's going to happen. And there's only one that knows, and it's God. He's the only one that knows what's going to happen. And we can trust him even when we're in the midst of these circumstances that we feel don't have an ending or that we're losing in, because God knows the end. And we taught you a song last week called Believe For It. And it's a song of faith. It says things like, hey, the world or whatever, they don't, They don't know what you can do, God. You know, they say this mountain can't be moved. They say this chain will never break. Isn't that the enemy speaking lies to us? You know what? You're never gonna get out of this. You're always gonna be stuck. But they don't know what you can do. But we know, we've seen. And maybe there's some times in our life where we don't know how it's gonna end, but we know who wins. And that's a faith that we can have. So church, I wanna continue to invite you to learn this song together, but to sing it with this idea of faith. And maybe there's a situation in your life right now that you're walking through that you need to believe for it, that God is going to move in a way that you need. I believe he is an amazing God that we can totally put our trust in because he's been faithful before and he will be faithful again. So let me invite you to stand together. I wanna remind you of the chorus of this song and then we're gonna continue to learn it together. Move the immovable, break the unbreakable, God we believe, God we believe for it. From the
1: impossible, we'll see a miracle, God we believe, God we believe for it.
0: This song together, sing this out with Ella as you pick up on it.
3: They say this mountain can be moved, they say these chains are never break. but they don't
1: know you like we do. There is power. HELL
0: Church, I just wanna invite you to take a posture of prayer right now. Just close your eyes before the Lord, bow your head. Let's just remember that truth. Remember what we can put our hope in. So we all need something we can hope in. That's how our bodies and our minds were created. I know so many of us right now are probably living with something that's uncertain, something that we just don't know what's gonna happen next. And I know God uses these situations in our life. He uses them to grow us, to help us to trust Him more. It's never wasted. You know, we come to church a lot of times to give, we give of our service, we give of our worship, we give of our tithes and offerings, but it's also a time to come and receive. And so if you're comfortable, I wanna invite you to extend your hands out, your palms facing up, just in a posture of receiving. And I don't think it's an accident that you're here right now in the seat that you're sitting in by the people you're sitting by. And I believe God has something he wants to share with you And that can be something from the word of God. That could be something from one of the songs that we're singing this morning. It can be an encouragement word or something that somebody sitting beside you might say to you today. Or I believe he can speak directly to you. Would you take a moment, just ask the Lord, God, what do you want me to hear today? What do you want me to see? And what are you wanting to give to me today? Because church, we are we are people that are in need and it's okay to be in need. It's okay to be dependent. We just have to place our dependency in the right place. And if you've lived long enough, you've realized in a search to try to find fulfillment, to try to find something to quench the longing in your spirit, that everything this world has to offer is not enough. That your true fulfillment can only be found resting in the security of your relationship with Jesus Christ and in the love of God the Father. And I wanna invite you, even if it's just that, say, God, I wanna receive the security of my identity in you today. A new, afresh. I want to remember the great love of God in my life, over my family, over my job. That you are sovereignly in charge. And you're working something, even if I can't see it or feel it, I receive and know that you are there. Just take a moment and speak to your father. Tell him how you are. Tell him what you would like. God, thank you for your loving compassion for us. Some of you might have felt that that was selfish. I can't tell God what what I feel right now or what I like. It's not important. I guarantee you, God, your Father, cares deeply and intimately about exactly where you are. He knows you, he loves you, and he is right there beside you no matter how you feel. There's security that comes from safety in a relationship. And God wants you to know you are completely safe in His arms. So Lord, we worship you as the King, as the Lord, the one who is over all, and who loves us. Thank you for sending us a rescue through your son, Jesus. Lord, help us to remember the gospel as we sing the song. In your name we pray.
3: In the darkness we were waiting Without hope, without light Till from heaven you came running There was mercy in your eyes To fulfill the law and prophets To ever. I'm a throne of endless glory to
0: Jesus, we praise you, and we are so, so grateful to be in your presence, and God, to be here unified as a body of Christ. Remind us of the truth that you are for us, that you love us, that you will never leave us or forsake us, and that we are secure in your arms. We love you, God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can be seated.
4: Amen. Thank you for worshiping this morning. I could feel the love that we all have for God. Today, we're going to be talking about love. And love is continuing our series on lessons from the Last Supper. Last week, we saw that Jesus was the ultimate example of a servant. But before we get into this idea of love, we need to understand that our culture, our society... Let me change that. The American culture and the American society has many definitions of this word love, and they take it many different ways. Today we're going to be looking at the biblical definition of love, but before we get into God's word, I have some questions, and as I teach a class, I I would appreciate it if you all would participate with me. So I have a question for you. Do we really love one another in the global church? Understanding I haven't really defined love in the biblical sense, but we all have some understanding of it. So what is your answer to this question? Do we? Yes, okay. How can we, it was a yes or no question. Okay, next slide, no. How do we show our love to the global church? You're right. Let's define the global church. What is the global church? Believers. Yes. Believers where? All over the world. Not just Cyprus Bible Church, right? Believers all over the world. It's all of them. And how do we here in Cyprus show our love to the global church? What are some things we do? Prayer amen what else financial support that's exactly what the first service said they said prayer and then financial support this time it was prayer and finance yes absolutely what else okay leading leading them to Christ we have missionaries that go over there wherever there is right can be many different places and they help to build the church there they show love by helping to build that church. Now here's another question. It's pretty easy helping missionaries, that sort of thing. But what about this one? Do we really love one another at Cyprus Bible Church? Yes. Another yes or no question. Who made these slides? How do we show our love to one another here? Prayer and financial support. That's right. Okay. <laughs> Ministering. When you minister to one another, you are showing love. How are you loving? Oh, uh, what else? Fellowship. Fellowshipping together. That's how we show love. That's another way. Obedience. Obedience. Wow. You know, that has a lot of implications to it. There's a leadership here in the church. And. Do we obey that leadership? That's a question. Do you obey the teacher that is over you? Obedience is, you know what, we'll hit obedience another week. But it is a part of love. We show our love to God by obeying for sure, but we will get into that later. Before we get into this idea of love, though, I want to get us reoriented to where we are in God's word currently in John chapter 13. Because this is the week, Jesus' last week before he is crucified and then resurrected he knows he's going to the cross he began his week he got his feet were covered his feet were covered in perfume and he said to prepare him for his burial he knew he was going to die his disciples were struggling with this idea that he was going to die and here's a sign that he's going to die he blatantly tells them and he tells them he's going to die He enters Jerusalem to much praise. Palm branches. People saying, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna. They think maybe the Messiah is going to come and rule. Of course, he's coming to die first. He also drove the money changers out of the temple. Remember that? My, My father's house shall be a house of prayer for all nations. but You've made it a den of robbers. Jesus also, at the temple, argued with the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the Herodians, the scribes, the teachers of law, and he defeated them. He defeated them in front of everybody. That happened. And then also, he told his disciples about how the world was going to end and about how the temple was going to be destroyed shortly We get that in Matthew 24. And he also had his head anointed with perfume again in preparation for his burial. And so tonight we know that they're sitting there at the table eating Passover together. And last week we saw Jesus got up, he took off his normal clothes and put on the garb of a slave, put a towel on and got down and washed their feet. Now, the things I left out last week, I will tell you now. He also told them someone will betray him. And and Judas is the one that it's going to be. And Jesus said to Judas, go and do what you are going to do quickly. Jesus, knowing what he was going to face. The other disciples, most of them thought, well, maybe he's going to go buy some things for the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Because the first day is Passover then the next seven days are going to be the Feast of Unleavened Bread. So maybe that's what he was doing. And now Jesus turns to these words that we get in John chapter 13, and it's verses 34 through 35. You know, let's, let's go back. <laughs> I made a mistake. In the books, I, I had them put John 13... 33 through 34. I made a mistake, so you know what I need from you today? Your love and forgiveness. (laughs) But let's look and see what Jesus said. He said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. He says it's a new command. The new command, we know, comes from Leviticus 19.18. It says... You shall not take vengeance, nor bear any grudge against the sons of your people. That would be Israel. This is Leviticus. But you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. In Israel, they knew this already. They're called to love their neighbors as themselves. And when Jesus was asked, what were the the great commandments? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your your soul, your mind, and your strength. And the other is just like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So what's new about this commandment? As I want you all to have the love of studying God's word that I have. I want you to have that. You can easily go through John 13, 34 quickly because you've heard it a million times. But in the same way that you must plow the same field year after year to yield the fruits of that labor, you must do the same thing to Scripture You will catch amazing things if you do, and I want you to do it, because it's amazing what you'll see, and it's right here very easily. What's new about this commandment? A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. In the same way that he did it. Now as we're reading God's word in English, there is a Greek word underlying this word love, this word that's so flippantly thrown about in this culture. The Greek word is agape. Agape means love. Well, there's other Greek words for love. There's a Greek word for brotherly love. There's also a Greek word for the love that a husband has for his wife type of love. But this word is agape. And the easiest thing that you can do is to go ahead and pick up a, a concordance or pick up a lexicon and look to see what's the definition of agape. It's unconditional love. That's good. For certain, that is exactly what it is. But I want us to look at First Corinthians 13. Look, the focus today is on John 13, 34 and 35. We're also going to look at John 15, 12 and 13. But... We have to see what does the Bible say about love. What t- what is the definition of love? You can look up the lexicon, fine. I love doing that. But I spent the lion's share of preparing for this sermon today, looking for John 13, 34, and thirty five, looking at going deep on love. So let's look at 1 Corinthians thirteen. It's the love chapter. Oh, but wait a minute. This is a Bible church. At a Bible church, you're supposed to take things in context. Actually, you should always take things in context. We know this for certain. Paul is talking in 1 Corinthians 12 through 14. He's dealing with, what is he dealing with? Spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts. Love falls in the middle of that. Because when you exercise your spiritual gift, you should do so with love. I'm not seeking to take God's word out of context in any way. The principle of what is love is there. And we're going to go deep on it. So let's do that. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8a. Love is patient. Love is kind and is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant. Does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own. Is not provoked does not take into account a wrong suffered, does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Love is patient. You know, it's an interesting thing is when you look at the English, these words sometimes have different nuances to them, In English, one of the best things you can do, this is a fine translation, but one of the best things you can do to go deeper is look at the Greek word and look at the Greek usage. Most of these words, patient, back to all of them, patient, kind, not jealous, these are all verbs. Love is active. My friends, today I confess I bring to you a sword to pierce all of your hearts and mine as well Because this thing called love really means something specific. These verbs are active. And these verbs have definitions. So in the next slide, we're going to look at definitions of the Greek words so that we can understand what love is and what love is not. Love bears provocation without complaint. Does that add a little bit more to it? Love is... Friendly toward one another. Love rejoices with someone over that which is true. Love guards against all things that threaten it. And while we read this, think in terms. Jesus said, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another even as I have loved you. He has loved us this way. Love unsuspiciously believes in another. This idea is not that you are gullible. This idea is that you're going to listen to somebody. In fact, I want to tell you something. A big problem that we all have and something that revolutionized my life in going to seminary was to learn to read God's Word in context. It revolutionized my life. It also revolutionized my life in other ways in that I realized you have to take other people in context. And I, I can't fight with my, my wife the way I used to. Because she would say something and I would say oh I would think internally as, as everyone here has done she meant this. She sent me A. Now I didn't even think she sent me A. She sent A. I received B. And I hold on to B. And I say you gave me B. And she says no you gave, I gave you A. You took B. Well, if you take B, you're believing a lie. And so I had to get to the context of my wife and say, okay, wait a minute, before I believe a lie, what is your context? She gives me her context, and then I have the option then to believe her or not. This is the same thing with people in the church. So-and-so said this. So-and-so said something. And when you hear that about so-and-so, you should unsuspiciously believe another because there's a context that so-and-so said something that maybe this person isn't taking it in, and we should be peacemakers after all. Churches split over what so-and-so said. Relationships are destroyed. Lives are devoured by what so-and-so said. Bitterness takes a horrible root, and it fills your whole life, and it brings forth the poison fruit. As I one time heard a great man of God say, bitterness is a poison that you take, hoping the other person will die. It was skip gray, Chuck. <laughs> it's an amazing thing. Unsuspiciously believe another. Get to the bottom of it first. Expect love. Expect something that is welcome from another, even when others have given up on a lost cause. A person that's a lost cause. I'm guilty of that. I stand before you. You know, we don't have a senior pastor right now. And I'm not a pastor here. I'm a teacher. So I can say these things. <laughs> I've, I'm guilty of this. Of giving up when I should not have. And in giving up, did I show love? That's tough. It's tough love. Love perseveres and dutifully remains without retreat. Dutifully remains without retreat. This adds so much more depth to this description that we've been talking about because you've read through 1 Corinthians, you've been to so many weddings and you've heard 1 Corinthians 13. Go deep, my friends. Love is perpetual and survives everything. Love never fails. It survives everything. Love is not passionately Envious of others. That is not love. Love is not boasting that wounds others. Love is not proudly believing in what is wrong. And this society loves to believe in that which is wrong and does so proudly. And when you celebrate that, you are not showing love. Love is not acting indecently toward another. Love is not putting your interests at the cost of another's here at CBC. We never do that. Love is not inciting fights against one another. We never do that either here at CBC. I've never been guilty of that. I stand before you a guilty and convicted man, but you know what? Jesus died for my sins, and he died for yours. I know that you're guilty of the same thing. We've all done it. Love is not a well-kept ledger. It's, this is an accounting term. Love is not a well-kept ledger of previous wrongs. You ever get into a fight where you, you pull out the list? Ah, yes, yes, yes. I understand we're fighting, my dear, but I have here. You're like McCarthy. I have a list of 127 senators. Okay, that's an old joke. Your parents will explain it later, I'm, or Caleb will take care of it. But I have a whole list of things that you've done before, dear. Remember, you're always like this. Yeah, that's not love. That is not love. And love is not taking pleasure in wickedness. How does Jesus stack up to this? We're called to love one another as Jesus loves us. How does he stack up to it? Let's take a look. His love, love is patient. He's patient with his disciples and patient in suffering. You know how many times he had to put up with his disciples making mistakes and saying and believing silly things? Lord, do you want me to call down fire on these people? No. I'm trying to show them the Samaritans love over here call fire down on them. He's patient in suffering. You know, Jesus had to be patient in suffering. He had to uh, suffer physical trauma as well. When I I love reading the early church fathers. I love reading these stories. And when the Romans are persecuting the church, one thing I read over and over again is how they endured the torture with patience, even praying for their tormentors. And they say, even the man who was to behead Paul was there next to him and also was beheaded with Paul instead. He became a believer. Jesus' love is kind towards his own, and to Samaritans and Phoenicians and Romans. He was kind to his own. He was so kind to the people of Israel in healing them and taking care of their needs and listening to their stories. And it didn't just you know, that's fulfilling Leviticus 1918. But he also loved people outside the church or outside of Israel. Sorry, outside of Israel. He loved them. He healed that uh, Phoenician woman. She was begging for scraps. So he gave healing. The woman at the well, the Samaritan woman who had five husbands before, and even the man she's with now, Jesus could have said all sorts of things to her. Instead, he brought salvation to her and to all those people, the Roman centurion. Jesus was kind. Jesus' love rejoiced in the truth. When Peter confessed, after Jesus said, who do you say that I am? Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And and Jesus replied, praise God, give God glory for that, because God revealed that to you and not man. And that reminded me so much of, we used to have, you know what? uh, Forget Howard Hendricks. I have my mentors here today, Charles Lloyd. Charles and Barbara have shown me so much love over the years. And I was a little upset they were here because I thought, I'm going to start crying. But I won't, unless I do. But that man taught me so much in God's word, and he learned to rejoice with me when I would bring things that should have been obvious to anybody looking at God's word. He was always encouraging me. Wow, you got that out of God's word. That's so great. It's amazing. You know, as a teacher, sometimes when the pupil comes up and they say, oh, look what I got. Oh, that's great, kid. Everybody gets that. No, that's not love. Love rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things. And temptation, Jesus bore up under the temptation. That temptation was trying to assault the love that he was trying to show, the temptation from the devil. And the temptation in the garden of Gethsemane. Oh, Lord, if this cup can be passed away from me, Father, please let it be so. But not my will, thy will be done. And he went. He bore it up. Love believes all things. Forgiving and healing the untouchables that had faith. You need to understand something. In Israel, many were the numbers of people that were kicked out of the synagogues and had nowhere to go. Some of those synagogues were run in fear. You do exactly as the rabbi says. Or you're out. And if you're out, then you're out of the people. And you have nowhere to go. Jesus went to them. Love, Jesus' love hopes all things. You realize, shortly after he says this to them at the supper, Jesus, uh, sorry, Peter says, I'm, I'm willing to die for you. And we all know what Jesus said. Before the rooster has crowed, you will have denied me three times. Jesus knew that. But he hoped all things for Peter, and he restored him after the resurrection. Remember? Do you love me, Peter? He said after he was resurrected, and he's talking to Peter. When Peter dove in and swam to shore. Jesus had a one on one with him. Do you love me, Peter? He restored him. That's love. Peter rejected him in front of people. Oh, and their eyes met. And Peter wept. Because he, when he rejected him, remember that? Well, we're not there yet. It's not Resurrection Sunday yet. Love endures all things. Jesus endured all things, including the cross for sinners like us. And as I look at these definitions for what love is, it. It amplifies my own sinfulness, my own shortcomings, and I realize that Jesus endured all things, even the cross for a sinner like myself. And I know, I know, and I praise God, we're all in the same boat. Lord willing, you are seeing where you fall short and are convicted. We'll stew in the conviction. We'll stew in it together, because this is a message for all of us. They always are. Love never fails. Jesus' love never fails. Death could not stop him. Remember what he said in Matthew 28? Lo, I am with you. Even to the end of the age, he was resurrected in the flesh with this promise. That's Jesus' love compared to what we saw there. But what else does it say in John 13? By this all men will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. Which we get hit with all a barrage of questions. Part of this is we're known by how we love each other. The world looks at us and they're supposed to know that we are his disciples by the way that we love one another. Think of at Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. Peter preaches a sermon, and about 3,000 are added to their number that day. And now they're set apart. It's those Christians, and the Jews are watching, going, there's something different about them. Look at the way they love one another. And their numbers were being added to daily. But here's the questions that we have to pose to ourselves. Our love for each other. Do we bear provocation without complaint from each other? Do you? Do I? Are we friendly toward one another? Oh, I've heard many times, my friends, many times, about how unfriendly we are as a church. Oh, I heard it about my my class once. Somebody came in and said, Yeah, your class is very unfriendly. (laughs) It's funny. (laughs) It's sad. They were right. I think we fixed it now. You know, my class is going on now, uh, so no one's here to dispute me. We fixed the problem. (laughs) Very friendly, very friendly. Do we rejoice with someone over that which is true? Do we guard against all things that threaten our mutual love? Guarding against the things that threaten it. You're covering that love. That's the Greek there. You're covering it so that it can't be harmed. How freely we let it go sometimes. Do we unsuspiciously believe one another? In the time, and the end times, where we're told that people's love will grow cold. Are we so cynical about it? We suspect one another. Are you doing that? Do we expect something that is welcome from another, even when others have given up? Does our love persevere and dutifully remain without retreat? Can it There's a typo there. So I need your love and forgiveness. Can it be said that our love is perpetual and survives everything? By this will all men know that you are my disciples. If you love one another. I have a quick story. George Here's a picture of the failure of the church. George was a drug addict. George had gotten into crime. You know George. He'd gotten into crime, and Pastor Winston James told me he knew George. George was a Christian, but he struggled, and people had given up on him. And he went away to Minnesota and continued in the drugs. Many were the violent riots that happened as a result of George's death while being held by three police officers. Pastor Winston James said to me, Jeremy, the church and all these people rioting, everybody failed George Floyd. If they'd have taken the time to love him, none of this would have happened. If we'd been doing what we were supposed to do as a church, none of it would have happened. And we, the church, we have more of a claim on George Floyd than any skin color, because he's our brother in Christ, according to the testimony I've heard. And if you watch the video, I saw him say over and over again, I'm not that kind of guy. And I thought, I'm like that sometimes. I'm not that kind of guy. Sometimes I do these, like Paul, the things you don't want to do, you do. He had need that one would love him, and the whole world would have been spared something if we had been doing what we were supposed to do. That's too deep. Let's move on. John 15, 12 through 13, a little bit later on, Jesus says, this is my commandment, he's restating it, that you love one another just as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, That one laid down his life for his friends. And that's what Jesus did. He knew he was about to die. He knew he was about to... What an example. These guys hear this. The next day they see it. Well, sorry, it's the same Jewish day. But in the day they're going to see it. They're going to see Jesus lay down his life. He didn't just lay down his physical life on the cross. He laid down his life. This whole ministry long. That's what he showed them. Laying down his life for so many people time and time again. Laying his life down for his disciples. Giving up what he could be doing with what he actually did. And in doing so, he was an amazing example of love. Many are the applications you can get from this, my friends. Many, many, many. I can't point them out to you. I know some of you, because it's true for me, some of you think, oh, this sermon's for me. Yeah, it's for all of us if we'll all receive it. It's for me as well. Consider this, these things, my friends. Jesus commanded us to love one another as a sign to the world that we are his disciples. Are we loving one another? What are you going to do to love the global church? These verbs. We're in First Corinthians about love. It's active. What are you going to do to love the global church? You know, you could be praying for our brothers and sisters who are suffering in Ukraine and praying for our brothers and sisters who are suffering in Russia. Oh, if the church would rise up there, Lord. If they could rise up, Lord, then please let them do so and in this foolishness. What are you going to do to love the people at CBC? This is our local church here. What are we going to do to love each other? You. That should say we. What am I going to do too? This is for all of us. What about those outside the church? As Jesus gave a great example of that to us, those outside the church. What about your family? Tough guy. Tough lady. A lot of tough ladies out there. Are you loving your family? Are you loving your spouse? Are you loving your children? What about everyone else? Let's pray. Oh Lord, we thank you so much for your word. Sanctify them with the truth. Your word is truth. Lord, your word is truth. And this day we have heard your word. And it's a very difficult lesson. And I thank you that you took the time to be an example to your disciples. And Lord, to be an example to all of us. For indeed, you did say that we must all follow this command. You said it to them, Lord. But you said also, before you ascended to your disciples, teach them to do all that I have commanded. And that goes to us. So help us to love one another as you have loved us. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.
0: Thank you, Jeremy. Church family, we have a chance now to respond in song and also in prayer. The altar is open down here. If you wanna come and pray by yourself or with your family, we encourage you to do that during this time as we stand and sing. Would you stand together with us? this out.
4: elders that are here would you please come down to the front if anyone would like some prayer there are elders that are here to pray with you talk to you to love on you receive this my friends if I speak with the tongues of men and of angels but do not have love I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge. And if I have all faith, all faith, so as to remove mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned but do not have love, it profits me nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind and is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant, does not act unbecomingly, does not seek its own, is not provoked, does not take into account a wrong suffered, does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with all truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails new commandment, love one another as I have loved you. Go and love one another, my friends, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.